0: Cashflow, Item 19, Digital Marketing, Estate Planning. If those terms cause you to pause even for a second, this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser. We cover a new topic each week, clearly and concisely. Business Insights, not piled on you like you are a buffet plate, but each topic broken down and easy to digest. Welcome to Small Bites of Business Insights. Kathy Gosser and Barb Ness here. Now it's time to talk about goal setting. So Barb, we've talked about having a long-term vision for growing sales and profits, and we've talked about financial statements, we've talked about KPIs, but we haven't really discussed how you bring all those things together. So if someone wants to grow proactively, they need goals for the company. How do they even get started?
1: Well, first you start with the end in mind and you have a vision for what you want The company to look like in the future, let's just say five years from now. And it's important to have a clear understanding of why you want it. Are you trying to build wealth? Are you trying and you're going to sell it? Are you trying to build a family business to pass on to somebody else? Are you trying to establish a reliable source of employment in your community because you love your neighborhood or your local community? You might even have altruistic reasons for growing your business. Maybe you care about a certain societal issue or an underserved population that you want to help. You want to to do something. Maybe you want to save the world. I don't know what you want to do, but knowing why helps you define what you want to achieve, and by when. So everybody says, well, it's time to set goals. What do sales need to be? Wait a minute. Let's talk about why we're here in business. Because the business is there to serve really some personal goals. Maybe the personal goal is building wealth, but maybe it's something else. So we have to kind of have this long-term vision of what we're trying to create over the long run. And how will you know five years from now that you succeeded in why you're doing this? So if we get too mired down into budgets and not think about purpose, Mm -hmm. we might have the wrong goals. So, I mean, that's my first word of wisdom is start with the vision of why you're here and what you're trying to build. And a five-year timeline seems kind of reasonable.
0: But why? Why five years?
1: When I think about five years, I mean, it seems like a long time, but it goes by really fast in your business. (laughs) Totally. But it's still far enough out there to envision what's possible without being bound by today's constraints. Like I can't do it now. Mm -hmm. No, but five years from now, maybe you can. So it kind of opens up your thinking that you can disconnect yourself from your present situation. And that's what visioning is all about. So if I try to envision where I'll be a year from now, <laughs> it's not going to cause me to dream big. True, true. I'm going to envision a, a longer period of time.
0: All right. That, that makes sense. And I love that you started with the why. So how do you actually take a vision for five years from now and turn it into actionable goals for today?
1: Well, that's where planning comes in, right? You want to plan. This is where I am. This is where I want to be. What's the pathway to get there? And to achieve that plan, to make it come, make the vision come true, you're going to need to have enough resources. And that's money, right? And mm-hmm. so when it comes to business, the way that we quantify the plan is with dollars and cents. What will the activities cost to produce those results? So we're going to get a, our head around. You know what are the details that will take us to that that place, and it, you know it takes resources, it takes money. So in my book, your annual budgets really show you the pathway to that vision.
0: All right, and I have to be honest, this is where that makes me uncomfortable. So, how can you know what that budget's going to look like five years from now? Well, you don't, (laughs) you
1: don't know for sure what will happen, what it will cost. But what you're casting now is a picture of what you want the future to look like. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to step back and say, does this make sense? And you're going to try to blow bullet holes in it. This could, or this could not, but you're painting a dollars and cents picture of your vision. Then you're going to have to stop and ask yourself, can I do it? Right. Mm -hmm. And if I can't, I have to recalibrate it. I have to maybe make some adjustments. So our goal is to create this financial roadmap that might work, right? And we're going to base that all on what I want to achieve. So I'm going to start with that end in mind on that big picture level, and like how many locations do I have earning what level of uh, sales and profits each? Kind of like that. Start with the end in mind that we talked about, Mm -hmm. and then backfill. Like start with those three numbers only, like. I need three locations doing this much in revenue, generating this much in profit. And then back up, like when do you have the second one? It's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle that you're putting together. And what you might find is that five years doesn't make any sense for that vision. That's going to take seven. And so you recalibrate that. And you, you know, kind of get your head around it in a little bit different way. And when you start filling in the details that take where you are now to where you want to be, you realize what may have been wrong with that fuzzy vision that was out there before you tried to make it come true. It's kind of like, oh, I can envision this really pretty house and an architect might even be able to draw it, but the builder can't build it. So as we get into building it, we realize that we need to recalibrate. That doesn't mean don't have plans to build something from because you need that roadmap. Um, I believe you should aim to have monthly budgets for two years. And it's kind of like the first year is maybe written in ink and the second year is written in pencil. And then you have annual budgets for years three, four, and five, they're written in chalk, right? So you, you, you have a vision and you know that you're always tweaking that vision it, because this whole budgeting thing is really, it's a process. It's not a project, right? You're always doing it. You're always planning. Maybe you're, recal- in theory, your big picture vision isn't changing a lot, but the details of how we might get there could, could change. So simplify it to just the yearly amounts for the three, four, and five. And as you're closer to reality, you mean more details, Mm -hmm. Don't waste your time on a lot of details too far down the road, but have the vision for down the road.
0: So for someone who's not always financially minded, that sounds like a lot of work, (laughs) especially since there are so many things that can happen to throw you off course, hence the recent pandemic.
1: So you're going to refine the plan each year as you learn more, right? Mm -hmm. So your long-term goals, they might change over time. Your short-term opportunities might change. I didn't know this was going to come up. Uh, maybe one of my customers has asked me to do this one thing. I had no idea that was going to come up, mm-hmm. and now, wow, I could make money at that. Then you have to say, does that fit with my why, or am I chasing my? I'm chasing a rabbit down a hole. I shouldn't go down. And if you had a clear vision, you'll stay true. You'll you'll not make you'll not chase opportunities that don't align. With what you want to be when you grow up, right? So again, it's a process, it's not a project, and you're always thinking about how things change, and you're doing this kind of all the time. And the goals are the way we keep our team focused on activities that are going to make the plan come true. And the budget is how we say, these are the results I'm after. You're still going to need some goals for the activities that drive those results. Um, At the highest level, the organization should have strategic goals that link to the vision. Right? Mm-hmm. To achieve this vision, I need I need these to achieve these specific objectives or over the the next few years. And then there'll be goals that cascade down through the rest of the organization from those. So, like if the vision was to sell this business for five million dollars in five years, and I need to have three of them by you know year four, I need to have three units. Then maybe I have to be saying, well, I need to be building profit in in year one. In order to build profit in year one, what do I have to get in sales? What are the activities that need to drive that? So you back, you go backwards. You start with the big picture goals, and you cascade them down to different um, time periods and different teams, and assign those so that then the team sign. You cascade your goals down to the rest of the teams so that their individual goals then link back to the vision right that's what we wow. call cascading goals
0: Abs- absolutely very familiar with that so let's bring in this whole conversation of key performance indicators that we discussed in an earlier podcast how do the goals align with that
1: all right so your big picture goals are like the ultimate results so they're kind of la- they're lagging they're lagging right mm-hmm. they're ultimately lagging I mean they're like wagging way out there right So those are the things that you hope to achieve, but they really do set the direction. The result is I want this company to going in that direction. So they're really important to have like sales and profits, maybe market share, maybe, you know, uh, serving a certain number of people in an underserved community, if that was your purpose and your goal. But you got to remember that the results are lagging indicators and those company goals typically don't define the activities that lead to the results. Mm-hmm. The company book goal is like the result I'm after, but we're going to need those KPIs. We're going to need good KPIs that are leading indicators to measure the activities that drive that. So, we need them both. So, mm-hmm. like a company goal usually isn't what we think of as leading indicators or lagging indicators, but that doesn't mean individuals don't have goals that support the company goal and their goals might be measured by leading indicators and that's what will drive us along that pathway to success so the individual people's goals or team goals or department goals they're typically going to outline going to be outlined in the tactical plans that will accomplish the company objectives, right? So the tactics are going to lend themselves to the KPIs. And if we do a good job on that, we achieve the tactics and the objectives that lead to the company goals and vision. So again, it's that chain that we that we call um, cascading goals.
0: That That makes sense. And we're all familiar with sales goals because most businesses have them.
1: Yes, it's what I'd call the low hanging fruit of business goal setting. You know, we, what are we going to, what do we want to have in sales next year? It's like,
0: oh, more than last year. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Year over year growth. But what other goals do you recommend that every business has?
1: Okay, again, it depends. It depends on your priorities, right? What's important Mm -hmm. to me? What do I have to get right to drive that ultimate success? And In business, ultimate success is measured by profitable growth. Mm -hmm. So what do I seek to change or improve? Like the marketing needs goals that would drive the volume necessary to meet the sales goals. Operations should have production efficiency and profitability goals. And it's almost always important to have a gross profit margin goal. If the company is growing, maybe you might also need goals for hiring and team development training, training efficiency, all those things are important to a successful company. So what is it you have to prioritize to get to that big picture goal? And sometimes I think we really focus on the thing that's in our face, and we prioritize the biggest problem, and then we never get past that. So you do have to stop every now and then and say, what really does matter? Maybe that client or customer, that's the biggest problem and that's getting in my face and I'm trying to solve that. Maybe I should just let them go so I can get back to the business mm-hmm. of building a good business.
0: There you go. Truth.
1: Knowing <laughs> what your priorities are is really important.
0: Yeah. And the goals should definitely be smart. And we've talked about, well, people have talked about this for years, specific, measurable, ambitious, yet realistic, and time bound. And so I think that is really important. So, it is
1: important. And I'm sure that when, when people think, oh, it's a, it's a podcast about goals that we're going to talk about smart goals. Yeah. I'm assuming you already know that.
0: Correct. Correct. All right. <laughs> and I know that um, I like how you've, how you've used the word ambitious. Sometimes I've, I've seen it used achievable, which is kind of the same thing. The same is realistic to me. Yes. Yes. People have to realize, gosh, they've got to be able to do this, but it has to be something that is exciting as well. So let's switch a little bit and talk about franchising. Everything you've said makes absolute sense for franchisees who are aiming to grow their business. But what about franchisors? How would their goals differ from franchisees?
1: That's a good question. So, I mean, I'd start by saying what's good for the goose is good for the canter, right? Because everybody in the system, the franchise system, wins with vision mm-hmm. and a pathway to achieve those goals. And, you know, everybody wins when, when, we, when we look at the business this way. The process is the same. Mm-hmm. So start with a vision, understand the why, develop the long-term plans and the cascading goals to help you achieve them. All of that is the same. But instead of growing a profitable business, a franchisor has to build a support structure that helps franchisees to grow profitable businesses, mm-hmm. right? So, it's not just about sales and profits because we all win when we each win, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, everybody, we need to build a support structure where everybody can be successful. That's the stuff that matters in franchising, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's what it takes to build a successful brand. And the devil is in the details, they say in franchising. Um, even though the franchisor can't control the franchisee's profitability, ultimately, right? There are separate entities. Franchisors are stakeholders in franchisee success, mm-hmm. and you have to—they need to anticipate how changes in that in the market, or how the customer buys, or the supply chain, how those changes are going to impact the brand and all the franchisees who have invested in it. So regulations change, labor availability change, consumer behavior changes, the supply chain, inflation, and recession—all those things are changing. And a franchise, in when a franchisor believes it's time, maybe based on what they're seeing happen, it's time to change course. They need to sell that vision Mm -hmm. to a bunch of people who are already on a certain track. So. And those people have different experiences and values and goals. And we need everybody to buy into the new vision to make a change. And we're managing a community. And so from a, from a franchisor's perspective, we talked about building systems to provide good support. You need to build communication systems and systems and trust within the organization so you can be nimble to make change when you need to make change and communicate change and get every, get everybody on board. And that's why franchisors need to be measuring franchisee satisfaction
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they have, if they don't have good, strong franchisee satisfaction, they're not going to be able to implement change because mm-hmm. people are just going to say, you're just trying to take one more dollar from me, or you're just trying to whatever, or that's a bad idea. You have to have good communication and, and trust those things are hard to create and measure. Like I love talking about financial statements because they're black and white and these things aren't, they're more touchy feely. So when you talk about what are goals for franchisors, they of course have to have all the financial metrics stuff thought of, but they have to think of this other layer as well, which is really important because it's different skills and resources than managing one's own business. And all businesses have to evolve to stay relevant. It's really challenging in a franchise system to do that. And when we share the same vision and values, change is easier. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about is culture and trust instead of goals. But mm-hmm. you asked me about franchising <laughs> and, and goals are our way of navigating change, right? And a franchise system needs more than just goals. They absolutely have to have strong leadership and vision and mm-hmm. values and trust and culture to get the community on board with moving the business forward. So, they need to also understand the goals of the franchisees to know that the vision and direction they're thinking of makes sense for the community. It's complex, and it's a a wide net, and it takes a lot of thought leadership
0: Oh gosh, 100%. You know, when you talk about this sense of community, where I've seen the lack of trust is where suddenly people think they have divergent goals. For example, in a system lacking trust from franchisees, they'll say, Oh, my franchise owner just wants to drive top line sales. So they'll discount everything just to get people in the door. They don't care about my profitability. And really, nothing could be further from the truth because without profitability from your franchisees, your growth engine stops. They're not going to be able to renovate their buildings or open more units, Yeah. They're
1: not going to be able to sell another franchise if they can't prove the unit economics work. Right. Um, You know, nobody has, nobody's perfect at making decisions. My husband has a new one. He's saying to me, when I was born, I came out, I had 10 toes and 10 fingers. And that was the very last time that I was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And franchisors, I would say it, some of them make mistakes. Franchisees make mistakes and mistakes um, covered up, erode trust, mm-hmm. transparency, communication, mm-hmm. those things that are so hard to do and so hard to measure are essential in that franchising model.
0: Yeah, and that model requires that both sides have aligned goals. So what advice would you give to franchisors who want to encourage franchisees to embrace goal setting and budgeting as you've outlined today?
1: Well, I'd say don't be afraid to talk about exit planning from day one, all right? Because now you're talking about what do you want to achieve from this investment and when, and you're now there, you got this transparency. And that conversation should happen every year, that we should be evaluating how the business is serving the personal goals of the franchisee. And so we have that conversation. We have that transparency to that. So it's never a surprise when things change, how are things going? Hey, my vision was this in five years, but something changed drastically. And now I have to change course. You want to know that, that that's the reason why maybe their focus has changed. So Mm -hmm. transparency, talking about it, start with the end in mind, define those growth goals, um, that means sales and profits. Mm-hmm. Don't just focus on sales all the time. Mm-hmm. Really talk about profitability, measure profitability, share that information with franchisees. I get it. Like, we're going to benchmark your PL. Oh, I don't want to send you my PL because wow. you might use it against me. Well, you got to send that information back in a way that Helps them make better decisions and that we talk about how do we coach up the performance. So I would say make financial conversations an important part of what you do with your franchisees starting from day one. And don't be afraid to talk about the exit strategy. You really can't just talk about it. You have to do something about it. You know, mm-hmm. you have to walk the walk. You have to create a planning culture. You can't just say you had to plan, but we don't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you need to provide them with tools. Mm-hmm that support those processes, maybe some templates for budgeting and goal-setting, maybe some benchmarks of this is what good looks like, this is what good in your region looks like. And you create that as a culture in the same way around finance as you would for marketing and operations, that we really care about what's happening and we make it part of the conversation. So if goal setting and budgeting and talking about profits is part of what you do in your franchise support process, then it gets ingrained in the culture. And if all you do is a one and done, like, oh, we did a training, we did a financial training, y'all got it now, right? No, that training, the using the information, the talking about it is just like the budget. It's a process, it's not a project.
0: Ah, Barb, such great advice. We will definitely all get to the destination quicker with a roadmap that helps us in our business with our goals and budgets that guide us that way. And working in partnership with these goals in the franchise world will definitely make a difference. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you to our partner in the financial section of Small Bites of Business Insights, Ms. Barbara Ness. Barbara is the owner of Profit Soup which is a company that will provide you with training and support for all your financial needs in franchising. Small Bites of Business Insights is brought to you by the Young Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. If you have a question or comment for us, just send us an email at feedback at com.